Hello and welcome to another episode of Your Average Critics. I'm joined as usual by Chris and Obi. How are you both? I'm tired, but I'm very well. How yeah. Yeah, how are you? Good, all good. Um, I should have said I'm joined by uh, Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton or, you know, <laughs> whichever Batman you would want to be. Um, today we'll be discussing pretty much exclusively uh, the Batman um, in spoiler detail. So if you haven't already seen it, um, what are you doing? Um, you know, it's been out for almost a week, so nice. I think that's long enough. I've, I mean, there were spoilers for this film before it even came out, so you know, uh, yeah, pause this podcast, watch it, and then three and a half hours come back and listen to the rest of it. Um, but yes, so we'll get straight into it. Um, Matt Reeves directing, Robert Pattinson starring as the eponymous Batman. Um, this film features the Riddler as the primary villain, played by Paul Dano. You've got uh, the Penguin, played by Colin Farrell, and uh, Catwoman, played by Zoe Kravitz, as like supporting roles. Andy Serkis is Alfred Pennyworth, and Jeffrey Wright is Jim Gordon. Um, so this is very much setting uh, Bruce and Batman in kind of like towards, well, in the second year of, of him being a vigilante. Um, so he's obviously quite young. Um, Alfred's still quite young. Commissioner Gordon is not yet commissioner. It starts with quite an eerie scene, actually, which uh, maybe we can discuss a bit later, but kind of gave me horror film vibes where you've got uh, what turns out to be the Riddler kind of spying on the mayor, the current mayor of Gotham. And there's clips of uh, he's running for re-election. He's on the phone kind of discussing some shady deals he's basically saying like, we're going to win this right and um, then kind of the tv gets turned off and you can see the riddler behind him the riddler ends up murdering um the mayor which prompts jim gordon to investigate the murder bruce is there as batman doing his detective work um and then basically we kind of see the riddler trying to expose or unmask the corruption in gotham he uh kills but different people who eventually be, are a, a part of a uh, a plot that um, you know a lot of high flying officials and the police are are involved with. Uh, so the DA um, gets offed, and uh, the current commissioner at that time gets offed as well. Um, all this time, he's leaving clues for the Batman to try and figure out where the Riddler is. Um, he's he's kind of sees them as allies he, he's saying you know we unmask them um kind of like leaving clues riddles um basically saying you know you need to expose the rat uh, he calls it el radalada i think uh sorry for butchering the spanish so the audience are also maybe sitting there trying to figure out these riddles um as well um then we've also got as a side plot uh catwoman um Selena Kyle she's working at the club where the penguin is kind of like second in command to uh Carmine Falcone played by John Torturo she uh, her friend got close to one of the to the mayor who was murdered um and then she goes missing so Catwoman's trying to find her she encounters Batman uh, and then they kind of like help each other he uses her to like go undercover in the ice lounge I think it's called um mm. and then later she says can you help me avenge my friend who turns up dead? Um, so they have like a bit of a frisson. There's like a 
definitely a chemistry there between them and they do kiss on a couple of occasions. You've um, got Penguin who, because of the riddle, Batman thinks is the rat who turns on a former mob boss. Um, the Penguin turns out not to be the rat and actually inadvertently helps them by saying, you know, that it was it should be La Rata rather than El Rata, which again leads them onto another clue. Um, by the end of the film, Carmine Falcone, who turned out to be the rat, is dead. And so Penguin assumes kind of control, presumably, of the mob within Gotham. Um, so there's kind of multiple mini origin stories here. You've got Commissioner well, Gordon, who's I don't think by the end of the film is Commissioner, but he's certainly mm-hmm. the most forefront non-corrupt police officer. Um, so we've got all these little characters who we're starting to see like seedlings of, of where we see them in more, more recent Batman films, such as The Dark Knight, um, etc. Uh, so the Riddler, as we see in the trailer, actually, get captured um, in the uh, diner, gets taken to Arkham and has a face-to-face with Batman. Um, I should also point out that one of the people that the Riddler tried to kill as part of his plan was Bruce Wayne himself, um, because Thomas Wayne, who obviously has passed away, um, was running for mayor and had got into bed with Carmine Falcone um, and had asked for a reporter who was digging into Martha Wayne, a.k.a. Martha Arkham, which is uh, surprising to me. Um, she had mental illnesses and this reporter was going to expose him. So Thomas Wayne asked for Carmine to hush him, which uh, Carmine took a bit too far. Um, so that was kind of a tough moment for, for Bruce to understand that the, the father figure that he'd always kind of venerated was was not all as good as, as he thought. Um, so the Riddler is, is talking to uh, Batman in Arkham and saying, you know, we did it. Um, kind of seeing them as allies that helping kind of fight crime and, and unmask corruption but Batman says we're not the same uh, which leads the Riddler to kind of spiral a bit um, he said this isn't how I, I thought it's going to go um, but Batman who the Riddler says I thought you were the world's greatest detective hadn't figured out all of the plot um, and eventually the flood the uh, flood barriers around Gotham are blown up and uh the new mayor elect is targeted by some of the Riddler's kind of online followers. Um, and yeah, so essentially Gotham gets flooded and uh, Batman has to kind of help save the people. There's a kind of sacrificial shot where he cuts an electrical rope and falls down into the water um, very quickly. Being shown but to the audience that he survived. But by the end of it, he says he, he realises he needs to be a beacon of hope rather than kind of a vessel for vengeance um and he and selena part ways but uh very much you know kind of leaving it on a tension like sexual tension note um i probably missed out loads but i've already been talking for seven minutes so (laughs) i what i want to do is go back and each of us put forward something we want to discuss about this film um, and then we can discuss that and move on to the next thing. So, Obi, I'll let you go first. Uh, where do you want to start? Um, and, and if I've missed anything, please do fill it in. Okay. 
Um, so I literally, while you've been summing up the film, I've been writing down stuff that I enjoyed and stuff I didn't enjoy. So I'm hoping that we can cover it all by the time uh, we are finished. Um, so yeah, first thing, first thing I want to say, I did enjoy it quite a lot, um, the film. Um, I don't think it's quite, um, so I've seen quite a few people say they think it's the best Batman film. Um, I don't think it is quite that, personally. Um, even though I'm not the biggest fan of the, the Nolan films, as much as some people are, even though they are good films. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's quite that good, but, but I did enjoy it a lot and I'm looking forward to going to see it again. But um, the thing that I want to talk about uh, first is the cinematography and the sound design. I think that like um, this is kind of like a... I kind of tried to say it before and kind of like butchered it before we started recording, but like it's, I feel like this is like a filmmaker's like film like a filmmaker's wet dream kind of film like there's a lot of like long and drawing shots there's like emphasis on um kind of capturing gotham and it's like how shitty it is basically for lack of a better word how how what's like what a dump gotham is basically um and how like dark and dreary and like how bleak it is um at times i think they've done really well to capture that through through like um, the editing and the um, different like lighting and stuff, um, I think the sound design. I don't know why, but I really, really noticed like the sound design in in this film, and it felt like at times that like maybe they were trying to represent like just Gotham being in the background, whether it was like a train um, going past or like cars going past or just like background noise. It felt just like I don't know if it kind of felt like it was like a different, there was like another character in, in the scene and that character was the city kind of thing, just like purring behind while all this uh, fucked, up, fucked up stuff is going on. Um, and I really enjoyed that aspect of it um, as well. Um, and like, I'll kind of lump this all in together because like, I was talking about sound. I think the score of the film is really, really good. Um, and it kind of made me feel tense at the right times. It made me feel, sorry, it made me feel tense throughout the whole film. I was going to say it made me feel like, any other any other emotion but it just felt i felt tense pretty much throughout the whole film um and i really what i really enjoyed is the most is batman's like theme music because it i think it's like really like really dark and actually quite like fear um fear what's the word brings that fear kind of thing um so people aren't look at the minute obviously like until like the last couple minutes of the film people are looking to him in like a mode of like we're afraid of this guy not that oh this guy's trying to save Gotham it's like no this guy's just like a bit fucked up um yeah. yeah I mean particularly like the first kind of 20 minutes or so when um we get the voiceover from from Bruce well Batman and um he's talking about the bat signal and mm. there's those three concurrent crimes happening so there's mm. someone uh graffitiing there's someone break into a store and then someone is about to be kind of jumped at a train station and each one of those criminals ends up looking up to the bat signal and kind of getting shook and then kind of mm. just um like running away and and there's all shadows and he's basically saying like they don't know whether i'm in the shadows or not mm. um so we can tell as an audience that even kind of 18 months two years in he's already kind of established himself as like yeah, a, uh, kind of malevolent force. Um, he, I think he makes the point anyway. to say. I think he makes the point to say as well um, that he's not sure how much if what he's doing is even is even been effective because I think he says crime has been up in the last two years. So it's kind of thing. Yeah, like, is he doing more harm than good? Kind of thing. But I 
I really liked that that element of it, the cutting between, because as an audience as well, we don't know which one he's going to go and stop. Mm. Um, he ends up stopping the people at the train station. So yeah, and I think I, I really liked Batman's theme in this. Um, you said it was quite Darth Vader-like, which mm. I didn't actually notice um, at first, but when you mentioned it, I was like, oh yeah. Um, but I thought it was really good with the trumpets and the brass. Um, was there a particular shot um, or sequence where you were like, yeah, this is where the cinematography really, really slaps? Pretty much anyone where they tried to like capture Gotham. There's one, I think, quite near the beginning of the film where I think it uh, it like kind of starts at the ground and then slowly like rises up and you and like obviously it's like proper dark, but it's also like um, loads of like vibrant street lights as well. And uh, I think it was raining at the time as well. And I think, I don't know, just the way they shot it, I was like, oh, this kind of reminds me of it. Like, it would be like kind of maybe like a, a New York kind of, give, giving me like a New York kind of vibe, like with all the, like, the lights and stuff, but also like the, all the darkness is kind of showing that like Gotham is like a proper like slum area at the minute. Like there's like, there's not really much hope <laughs> is the kind of like vibe that I got from the film, which I think they've captured better in this more than any of a Batman film so far um, just to kind of like quickly compare to Batman Begins which I watched the other day which I think they tried to do that and tried to find kind of make Gotham seem like a proper like uh, downtrodden area but I think they did it in a way that kind of felt disjointed because they showed one area of Gotham and it was like looked fairly affluent like even like the bit around where the Wayne Manor is and then they would show the other side of Gotham which was like the where I don't know where they shot it, but it looked like like a, a slum in like Southeast Asia or something like that. I just think it didn't really they didn't really quite match the like you wouldn't think that those two places exist in the same city kind of thing. I don't really think they matched that very well. Whereas I think they blended it better in this. But I suppose in this one we don't see many nice places. It's all pretty fair. It's all fairly shitty, like kind of thing. Yeah, even Wayne Manor isn't like we don't ever see like a massive exterior like um establishing shot of it being like glitzy. No. Like it kind the of design of Wayne Manor was really like it was really old school as well, which I found quite interesting. Yeah, there was definitely an element of this and, and it, I'll come on to it when I will talk about one of my points later, where if you didn't if you didn't use the technology of this like iris and stuff, mm. like this very much could have been set kind of like any point in the last few decades. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but right, perfect. Um, Chris, your turn, mate. And any comment on what Obi just said? Any comment on what Obi just said? Did you say? Yeah. What are your thoughts on the sound and the cinematography? Sound. I didn't really, didn't really pay attention too much to. If I'm honest, I can't really remember it. Um, I, I'm gonna be honest, like. The problem I'm going to have with like, us discussing the cinematography and the sound is that, for me, because I don't, I don't think there's many, many memorable moments from it. Mm. So I like, remember the sound of it, and for me to remember like a real like cinematography, cinematic moment, I don't know if you're going to get that off me. Mm. I, for the sound, I, I don't particularly remember having a moment where I was like, oh man, this score is so good. Um, ultimately, my, maybe because I'm tired, but I've seen I've seen plenty of films at the midnight showings where I've remembered loads of stuff about it. So, um, 
that for me, I don't really recollect a lot of it. I think I, I agree in the sense that Gotham was very um, not that. Uh, but yeah. Very what, sorry, Chris? Gotham, the way it was shot and stuff, I thought it was um, quite good, to, um, the way it was shot. and. Yes. But yeah, I, I mean, I think from what you guys have just said, um, actually hones a point that I was thinking before, but maybe I thought I was technically wrong on, is I feel like the film is disjointed in the sense that we've got a year to Batman and there's points where like aspects of of his the fear surrounding Batman is like personified and it's like almost like he's been Batman for like 10, 15 years. And then there's other aspects where he's not so much feared and he's like a novice. And I feel like there's a bit of a back and forth on what's where his establishment is uh, in his like ranking as Batman. Because for me, um, obviously they all feared him being in the shadows and they were like, oh shit, okay, we're not going to commit this crime or if we've committed the crime, we're going to escape quickly. Um, and then there's like... Um, Points. Oh fuck! I thought I was going to say now. Oh shit! I just, I yeah, I, I can't think of the other point I was going to say. But like, I feel like for someone who was so feared, the impact he's having isn't matching the feared level that he's that we were given to that we perceived in the film. Um, but mm. I, I mean, so you I, think I, that the level of like fear that he's instilled in Gotham is is too much for him only having done it for two years is that kind of what you're saying yeah or you've got to do a flip or you do the flip of it he can instill that much fear but i feel like he's got to be a bit more experienced than what he's doing so like for example i don't want to say this without sounding like too mean about the film you can but, sound too mean about the film it's all but, good but look, look I, I i know i haven't given the film as well ranked as you guys and it shocked me and it actually it, it kind of disappointed me because I, I wish I liked it a bit more because I'd love to give the film more superlatives but that was not superlatives that's not the right word but more like relation and stuff but like I feel for, for, so one point in the film which I think everyone could probably like hone in on is the fact when he gets to a, the top of the building and he's about to like he gets to the edge and he's like oh shit like you kind of kind of see the fear in him like he's at the edge of a building I really like that. Yeah, but for someone who's been in it for two years, I would assume, and I could be wrong, but I assume he's done that several times. And he, I, I got the idea that he maybe he hadn't he hadn't done it before, and he was trying that for the first time. He's in it, and like people have seen the bat sign. So like, unless he's just unless he's just walking about, banging people in the face, he has to like kind of fly to destinations, or I guess he could drive to a lot of destinations. But I feel like. I don't know. I, I get why people would like that point, but I feel like it's quite disjointed to where I feel like is it, they were trying to put his experience level. And like, how do I say this? Like, I, quite, I kind of liked his suit and it had loads of gizmos and gadgets. But like, I feel like there were like maybe gizmos that he could have put on. Like he must, for example, and, and maybe I've got too much... Um, Maybe I've got the luxury of like having the other films to like go off of as well. But like for example, when they're about to take off his mask, right, and there's like nothing to stop them from doing it. I feel like with all the gadgets he had on his suit, that would be one gadget which he would have on the suit. 
something to deter them from pulling off the mask. Instead, he was just lucky he woke up at the right moment to stop them, kind of vibe. And then, like, which I thought, and then thing I thought was good about his suit was where he could inject himself with. Um, I originally thought it was some Bane serum, but it's just adrenaline, isn't it? Yeah, so I um, adrenaline. yeah. which I, that was nifty. I quite like the aspect of his suit, which made me think that he's probably been in these troubling moments before. So, like, I feel I just feel like there were some bits that could have been added and taken away. But that's me really picking on that like aspect of it. It's not the biggest, it's not the biggest gripe I have with the film. So it's not like. Where does it where does it rank in suits then? Because I don't necessarily pay attention very much to like the actual suits of anything, like whether it's Spider Man or anything else. So you I, mentioned, yeah, like do you have a visual of of like what Christian Bale's Batman suit was, or Michael Keaton's, I, or Ben Affleck's? I kind of do because like for me, for Ben Affleck's suit, right? And Obi might disagree on this one because we spoke about it like the other day. But mm. one of Ben Affleck's suits make his, makes it look like he's got a, he's got something underneath his mask. So it's not quite fitting on his face properly. And that annoyed me. But then he has another suit, which actually looks quite good on himself. Um, this suit, obviously, because the, the difference you're going to get with this suit and then any other suit is that majority of the predecessors have either a, a bulkier stature than Patterson or they've got suits to show that they're a bit bulkier than Patterson. But Patterson's quite a slender looking Batman in this film, I would say. I don't know if, that's, if people would agree with that or not, but... Um, I actually don't think him and um, Christian Bale are too dissimilar in size um, in the two films. In the, in, I thought, in the... I, but but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, I didn't really like. I felt like he was. I got like vibes of like Tobey Maguire, uh, Spider-Man Three from Patterson at one point, and I was like, I didn't like it. Like yeah, no, I I agree with that. I know I didn't like it, but I definitely agree with it. Like the the kind of emo style hair. Emo, yeah. yeah, it just was like, I get it. It's a different take on it. I don't know if this is in line with the year two comics. I assume it's not because I'm assuming most comics, Bruce Wayne's meant to be this suave gentleman outside of the ranks of being a the Batman. But obviously, I was gonna say, he seems like, quite a recluse in this film. Yeah, he definitely. Yeah, he's definitely a recluse. Even when um. Uh, when I think it's quite early on when he's with Alfred and he's talking about they're like talking about the cipher and the code. I think he comes down to the kitchen or whatever, or wherever the dining dining room, and he puts like the sunglasses on because you can tell he's not used to like being up yeah. and about in the during the daytime. Yeah, but I think yeah, he's definitely a recluse in this film, which I don't mind to be honest. I get it. I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't really like it, but yeah, I mean, it's nothing. Again, it's nothing that I would go oh, it's big big boohoo about it, but um. And another thing, I, I don't know, yeah, actually, maybe we should say some good things. I don't think I've really said anything too bad, but, like, there's, there's like, plenty of things that I could go on about being bad, but I'm trying to think. Mm. One of the things, there was something I did really like. I'm trying to think what it is. I've, the, the, biggest, the biggest problem I have is that, like, I have no grand memory of something that was, like, a really amazing about a film. I'm sure there'll be times in this where I say something and I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. But, like, for me, I came up, <laughs> and probably didn't help that half my cinema didn't like the film either um which i was quite surprised really? yeah like literally the people behind us were like oh this film's shit and then people were walking down the stairs they were like oh this film's shit but like the people in front of us they were pretty chilled and they i, I think they liked it so like had a few mixed mixed reviews in our cinema um 
So yeah, it was it was that's I, I mean that can be an influencing factor, but I I there was no yeah I don't know yeah. So on your on, on like my take on Batman um, in his year two is that like I did initially I was thinking like yeah like all these criminals are really scared of him and he's not been doing it that long, um, which to me initially didn't marry up. But then I was thinking like. If you're a criminal and then all of a sudden some mass vigilante comes out of nowhere and starts like beating up petty criminals, then I would then imagine that maybe the first initial period, people would like not really know who he is and what's going on. Mm. And so that might install a level of fear in terms of like, we don't know who this person is. Whereas like the other Batman, um, you know, I've been doing it for so long that they know, oh, the Batman's here, it's fine. Even quickly again, sorry, just to kind of like back up your point, even in the beginning, uh, when he does save that guy from getting beaten up at the train station, well, after you save the guy, the guy's looking at the Batman like, don't hurt me. Like, he doesn't know that Batman's a hero. You think, yeah, and I up. think one of them also says, like, who are you? And he says, I'm vengeance. I'm vengeance, yeah. Um, so, oh, that, that was so fucking jarring. It was a little bit cringy. But, I, liked, um, I liked it. That's, but that's fucking shit. Just at least he didn't go, oh, I'm Batman. Um... But um so that's what I took from it. And in terms of like the whole wingsuit thing, again, I think like maybe the first t- couple of years he's kind of doing he's a friendly neighborhood bat, you know, he's just doing petty criminals and stuff, and he was finally like yeah, but, but I feel yeah, sorry, Karen actually before yeah, Karen. Um so yeah, I took it as as when he was on that building, it was the first time he'd really had he got himself in like in the big league and was like shit. I've, yeah. I've prepped for this occasion, but I've never done it before. And then that was like evident with the way he basically just proper fucked up the landing. But yeah, you know, no, nah, that was bare fucking funny. stupid. Right. <coughs> yeah, but I think you know, right. I, I I take your point as well, and and you know, I'm not saying that your point is 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 incorrect or invalid. That's just how I took it. Um, and I think. Um, I was I was kind of looking up Robert Pattinson's age in relation to when Christian Bale was Batman because they were the same age. I think I'm pretty sure. No, I think I think Pattinson's actually older. Yeah, so Pattinson's thirty. Pattinson's thirty five, and yeah. Bale, Bale was 30, about yeah. thirty one when Batman Begins came out. So he looked better um, old in Batman. Though. Yeah, exactly. So I think like Robert Pattinson does have that kind of youthful look. Um, so I was like seeing this Batman as in his like probably the same age we are. You know, like. Um, late 20s um, but one thing I particularly liked about this film um, was we get very little Bruce Wayne yeah. there is 95% Batman um, and I think it's a nice difference particularly from the Christian Bale Batman um, because particularly in the Dark Knight which I think is the one that people are always trying to compare this one to you get a lot of Batman, but you also get a lot of Bruce Wayne, and that's not a bad thing. And it works for the Dark Knight because he's, um, you know, schmoozing at his party, and and that's a very key point to that whole trilogy is, is Bruce Wayne and Batman. Um, but this very much to me was like we're less interested in Bruce Wayne. You know what's happened to Bruce Wayne. We don't need to show you the parents being killed again. We don't really, you know, you know he's a billionaire. This is him coming to terms with how he is a Batman and the arc and where he goes from being vengeance to having it thrown back in his face at the end with mm. one of those Riddler followers 
um, <clears throat> when he is going to like kill him, says, oh, I'm doing this for vengeance. And then he realizes, shit, his anger for this whole two years, presumably, you know, since when his parents died, has actually, you know, he said, oh, I, I was worried I wasn't making a difference. I realize I am, but he now needs to be a beacon of hope for the city. And that kind of like inciting that newer version of Batman. Um, and I took it, and I don't know what you two think, but you know the man, the bloke who says back to him, vengeance. I took it as that was the same person from the train station who he beat up and said, I'm vengeance too, was basically throwing it back in Batman's face. I don't know if you took it as the same um, thing. Uh, I don't know, you know, I can't confirm. <laughs> I'm not sure. I didn't think about it. I, I didn't notice that. Uh, um, it might have been, to be fair. Um yeah, yeah I, just, I just, well, I thought that'd be a nice parallel because yeah. I know Selena calls him vengeance, but I didn't really know where she got that from because he only says it in that train station, as far yeah. as I'm aware. And it's two years of the issue. But does he walk around going, I'm vengeance, or is he, Sounds like I don't it. know. Guess like, yeah. did it then, didn't they? Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that was a slight cringe moment, but I think it paid off well at the end um so i just really liked the whole arc of a lot of these characters but particularly batman and the fact that we don't really see much of bruce wayne um i think that's to the benefit of this film particularly um, yeah, um def- oh, oh, I, don't I don't think i wanted to see any more of that bruce wayne <laughs> if i'm honest <laughs> <laughs> um i was gonna say like same as you again i enjoyed kind of like it being more um, Batman than Bruce Wayne because I think so I keep comparing it to the Nolan films like naturally but obviously in the Nolan films Rachel Dawes says to him at the end of um, Batman Begins oh yeah like Bruce Wayne is your real mask kind of thing like Batman is who you are and I don't never really got that vibe in um, in those Nolan films because I think that I mean Bruce Wayne seems fairly comfortable in his own skin majority of the film of the films um and at one point even in the dark night like he was ready to give it all up for because he thought harvey dent was going to take it take the mantle kind of thing so like he was never in my eyes he didn't seem all that attached to his batman uh persona whereas this bruce wayne like he is literally barely barely bruce wayne like he is you can tell he just like feels more comfortable in that batman role and I think, yeah, like you said, going to get at, to the end of this film, and he's like, okay, no, I have to be more. So presumably, I means like, and even like to when like the fact that he basically is a recluse, the politician woman coming up to him and saying like, um, you know, your parents did charitable work, but like, far as I'm concerned, you do fuck all. <laughs> so like, I think, yeah, <laughs> I imagine in this in the next in the sequel that is going to lead to him being a more prominent public figure um, as Bruce Wayne and someone who, yeah. It, it, it would make sense if as well as kind of like being beacon of hope as Batman he was also a uh, beacon of hope as um, Bruce Wayne and I think I quite like how that yeah that kind of like you say came full circle in the film and him kind of realising what he has to do to, to change and to inspire the people of Gotham the, You know what you said about the Batman Begins I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say it's because he's saying that statement because he's like fully into Batman I think it's maybe because he's not there as Bruce Wayne like he's always like sidetracked and always like 
always on the move and never around for long enough to like be there as Bruce um, Wayne. That's how I would take that. As you yes, know. I don't, I don't agree, but I understand. I understand what you're saying. I just, I, I, I struggle to see because uh, I, I wonder whether if he's going to become more Bruce Wayne. As, as the, I assume there's going to be a film series of, of Batman now. Um, whether it'll be liked as much, but I could, I, I don't know. I might enjoy it more, to be fair. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of torn a bit because, um, I mean, I, I'll, I'll come to you, Obi, before I say like another thing I really liked, but. Um, I don't want to see more detective stuff. Um, you know, I think like I'm certainly very high on this film, and would quite like to just have another little bit more rather than like we've seen this. Now he's kind of um, the Batman that we kind of remember from other films. I hope they kind of keep this. You know, he would still he is still year two Batman, so he needs to have that transition. But yeah, Obi. Um. Another thing that um, I enjoyed trying to go because I've went through written quite a lot of stuff. Um, so yeah, I actually quite like that um, he gets stuff wrong in this, and I think it kind of does show like like the the naivety kind of thing and how like he isn't as like well polished as some of the other Batman we've we've gotten yet. Like even like the something as simple as like the riddle getting the riddle wrong, like it being L rather than La, and. Um, that kind of like did that contribute to the bomb coming to his house and Alfred getting uh, almost dying um, I'm not sure if that was a separate if that was a separate riddle but um, regardless like I, I enjoy how like yeah he does make mistakes like he isn't he isn't the perfect Batman yet and it kind of shows like the growing pains that he's going through as like this emerging um, hero but he's not like the, fu- the, the fully finished article yet hmm. yeah I uh, I think the the L Rasa thing um, was he says U R L Rata Alada mm. and then he then he realised that it was literally U R L as in mm. like a web page mm. and then he and the riddle was like so who's the rat and he was like is it a penguin and he was like I don't think so you know yeah. uh, I don't I think I think he was going to target Bruce Wayne anyway. Um, Yes. So I don't necessarily think it was related directly to that. Yeah. Um, I, do, I was going like, to say, like, like, sorry, actually, go ahead, sorry. I was just say, I quite like the fact that there are lots of different um, interpretations of the rat with wings. It could be a penguin, it could be a falcon, it could be a bat or a pigeon. <laughs> yeah, no, I enjoyed them kind of like actually trying to work out. And you see like, even when he's going through the other clues, like you see Batman like scanning the room to try and look for like, look for stuff and it kind of like does go to show you how actually smart he is and how observant he is and um i think we haven't really gotten that in any of the films before like him actually being able to figure stuff out um um by by not by himself not always by himself or sometimes with uh, jim gordon as well although it kind of seemed like jim gordon was just here for the ride <laughs> but um <laughs> but yeah no i think it was definitely good to see that side of him and i think it helps with the more uh the more like um grounded tone of this film like it's it's definitely on like a lower uh on a lower vibe like it's it's a more of like a um just like a smaller story like it's just it's just a serial killer like, i wouldn't say just a serial killer but like he's not 
obviously not not to the end. He's not like trying to, you know, take over Gotham or you know, or like you know, destroy the stock market or you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, in a sense, what the Riddler and Batman are trying to achieve are quite similar goals. They just mm. go about it in quite different ways. Um, and I think that's probably why the Riddler felt a kinship with him. Yeah. Um, and sorry, to be can, honest, can uh, I sorry, can I interrupt you really quickly? I'm so sorry. Um, I just want to get this yeah. point out before I forget it. There was I don't know if you or Chris if you got the same vibe, but there were a couple times maybe in the first hour of the film where um, it kind of like has a point of view shot, and I was thinking, is this Riddler or is this Batman? <laughs> like, mm. and I was thinking like that kind of like goes to show like how they actually are kind of similar in some ways. Even something as simple as, like, the beginning of the film has uh, Riddler creeping on uh, the mayor before he invades the house. And then a bit later, Batman is creeping on Selina Kyle kind of thing. Like, really, I think it did well to kind of show how, like, they're not actually as different as, you know, Batman might think kind of thing. Yeah, I think that was definitely deliberate because, you know, they're both orphans. They're both, um, you know, into kind of social justice. Um, It's just... Yeah, the classic case of like one had the privilege and, and ended up doing good and one took a different path. Um, yeah, I think it was a really interesting parallel. Um, yeah, Chris, what what other part of the film stood out for you in, in either a positive or less positive fashion? Um... Uh, I, mean, I really like um, the way uh, Batman was talking to Alfred. Is this so? So sorry, because you don't like this, or you do like this? I don't like. I didn't okay. like the way Alfred. It was just so like. Um, I do. It was just. It was. A, it was an unnecessary add to the film because I feel like, although yeah, okay, he's he's. I mean, let's assume he's 25 at least since it's been 15 years since his parents died. I can't, I can't imagine like the way Batman goes, he would be that rude to like Alfred, who is like, who's basically like his father or his family. Mm. Like, I get people are rude in in life, but it just seemed, it just seemed really like left field. Um, like it just didn't, it didn't, it didn't fit for me. Um, mm. I like that they were kind of working together and I kind of like the fact that it wasn't as like, like you were saying, I think one of you said was like, it's not as a technology based, like obviously the newer films, because they're more established, they have all their gizmos and gadgets and they can just input all the information into a computer. I, I kind of do like the detective aspect of it, but for me, I just don't know what it was. I just couldn't, I just didn't get on board with it. And, and I, I'm quite shocked actually, because like, I'm trying to think of like another film that's like almost similar in terms of like detective work. But like, I like the film Departed. Obviously, it's not as dark and and eerie as this, but it is a detective film. So I thought I'd really like get on board with them, like investigating it. But like, I just don't know. I just didn't get as much. I just didn't get as much entertainment out of it as I've as I would like to have done. Um, and I thought like. I mean, over you did when I said it to you, you disagreed, but like I genuinely thought this film was a lot too long as a film goes. I think like half an hour of this film could have been cut. 
and I probably would have like felt a bit more flowing with the film. Then you guys probably disagree and say it was actually quite well worked because the different point, different people they kept going to, and obviously going back and forth from the club and stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of something, good, something else good to say about it because I feel like I'm being a negative Nancy about it all the time. Chris, can I just um, piggyback yeah. off the Alfred, the yeah. Alfred comment that you said? Um, I actually com- uh, completely agree with that I didn't it makes sense for Bruce Wayne's character in this film to be a, a bit a bitchy with Alfred um but I just didn't really like it because like you said Chris like this is like and I suppose they do reconcile towards the end um but in those first couple hours I was a bit like oh like I don't really like this um this like relationship between these two and I think it kind of that feeling for me was kind of strengthened <clears throat> excuse me given now that I've uh started re-watching the Nolan films and I see like what a good relationship Alfred and Batman have in that and Michael Caine absolutely smashes those those roles and even in um what's it called in Batman v Superman Justice League like with Jeremy Irons and Ben Affleck's Alfred and and Batman they have like a really they have more of a, a relationship where it's like their contemporaries um which I also really enjoyed it was this one was yeah it was like a um, a shitty son with a with a new stepdad. <laughs> I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't really, I didn't really love it. And generally, I don't think we got enough Alfred in this film. In a film that's three, that was basically three hours. I don't think we got enough Alfred slash Alfred and Bruce scenes. There could definitely be, yeah, definitely could have done with more of that. And who the fuck is fucking? Was it Doris or Dory or something? Who the fuck is she? Apparently, she's like a, <laughs> a like a, a a legacy comic book character. Apparently, she was in the Batman. Her character was in the Batman nineteen sixty six film. Apparently. All right. Yeah. Fair yeah, I, I, I do take that point. Um, I was kind of thinking, I was getting the like the timelines modelled off my head because I was thinking like, oh, he became Batman because his parents died, but clearly he couldn't have because mm. he's only been Batman two years and they've been dead. I think it's said twenty years. Twenty so, years. Yeah. Did we ever get an explanation for what actually prompted him to become Batman? I don't think so. Because that's that's another thing. How did his parents die? Yeah, yeah. To be fair, I assume that it, the vibe that I got was that it was maybe a bit different to how we traditionally have seen them die. Um, but yeah, they don't they don't confirm that. So, mm. well, they did. They said so. Alfred said he had suspicions it was Carmine, but he he said it also could have just been some junkie who was too trigger happy with a pistol, mm. which is kind of the the narrative we usually get, isn't it? Yeah. Like mm. I think is it the is it the um, I can't remember whether it's the Nolan or the uh, Snyder one where you've got the the guy and he um, he's got like the grey white hair and ends up just like shooting. I think that's both of them. To be fair. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, right, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. <laughs> just converging yeah. into one. Um, so yeah, one I mean, maybe one of them does it in twenty seconds while the other one does it probably over ten minutes. Mm. Yeah. So it's quite maybe like to know what prompted him to actually become Batman mm. um, and I take the point that yeah his, his kind of uh, relationship with Pennyworth seems strange considering he would have raised him for most of his adult life Yeah. Um, and there's clearly there was an element of training there wasn't there because he says mm. oh you know I taught you how to fight type thing mm. so um, yeah um, I really liked the detective element of this film um, to me, this this was a crime drama with. I mean, he's not even a superhero at this point, in my opinion. So 
this is not really a superhero film. Um, I mean, obviously it is, and it's a comic book film, but primarily this is very much a crime detective film. And there's a lot of um, kind of homages to kind of film noirs or what they called hard-boiled detective films from like the mm. 40s. Mm. Um, not only in the color palette, but also like the voiceover. I mean, I quite liked it. Um, it doesn't happen that often, which I think is good. Um, but particularly at the beginning to kind of establish us like where he's at and what he's thinking. He also, you see him write a diary um, a couple of times, which I think um, <clears throat> allows for the voiceover kind of we are seeing his internal thoughts um but yeah the kind of the process like you said the the, the kind of long takes of, of him just scanning a room i really like the iris video camera that he has that's really cool, I thought it was better cool yeah. so he's just observing everything to like mm. then be able to go back and, and try and figure it out um i mean yeah we often get like people saying oh batman's best detective but we very rarely get to see that and it's very much felt like he, him and Jim Gordon were kind of like, um, I guess Seven is kind of tonally a similar kind of de police detective film um, mm. in terms of like with Morgan Freeman and uh, uh, Brad Pitt. Um, and I'm not just saying that because of the uh, the racial identity of both of them, but, you know, in terms of like the, the dark, gritty, um, urban street nature of, the, the film and the tone and mm. I mean there's very very few shots of actual light in this um like, I think there's a couple of scenes in the morning but most of it's like in the darkness yeah um and therefore when you get those pops of color whether it's the flashing police lights or um headlights in like you know that scene from the trailer when the camera's upside down and Batman's walking towards the penguin Oof. car and you've got like, the bathed in orange mm. like yeah and just yeah the whole kind of detective element of it like we're kind of on that journey with him um you know we don't necessarily get as an audience that much time to figure out the rid the riddles before they're answered but it still felt like you know that like he said he was fallible that he was getting it a bit wrong and and mm. him and jim were trying to figure things out and he had to rely on other people to kind of you know um Pennyworth was saying, oh, I figured out the cipher. And he's like, ah, but what? We've already got the whole key. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that that kind of step by step element. And I think we needed the runtime um, for that to feel like it wasn't rushed. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when I first saw three hours, I was like, Christ. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. But, yeah, I think uh, to me, it felt enough. I love a lot longer than three hours for me. It really did. And do you think? Yeah. I was gonna say, do you think that that was aided by the time you sh you saw it? So obviously, by the time you're at the cinema, it's half three in the morning. But I guess. Only... But like, like the problem I've got with it, like, and now I will watch it again, and I I really hope my opinion changes when I watch it for the second time. But like, I want to come out of a film and be like, bam, this this part was really good. This part was really good. This part was really good. And like honestly, like it, I struggled to really like hone in on a part where I was like, this was amazing, and like maybe timing could affect the way I perceived. Like obviously, you guys are saying like these these shots you saw were really amazing, really good picture, really good like transition and all this stuff. Like for me, just I didn't see that. 
I didn't see what you guys are seeing and talking about right now. Obviously, I visually saw what you you saw, but like, I'm I'm not seeing it. I'm the way you're saying it is not the way I'm seeing it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair enough. I just thought. I think. Like. I, I know, like I think you both said that, like the the, the additional characters, like the Penguin, Falcone, uh, Jim Gordon, Catwoman, like all good additional characters. But for me, like, so I really liked. Um, is it Zoe Kravitz? As is it Zoe? Mm-hmm. Like as Catwoman, I thought I thought she was quite a good character as Catwoman. But did I think her character really added anything to the film? I don't think so. And. The chemistry that everyone else is talking about i didn't really like get that vibe um like maybe I, yeah just it just came out of nowhere she suddenly had like it just didn't make sense to me but based personally i don't, I don't know it, just, it didn't flow um but again maybe that's just me i don't know i think yeah, so I, I, sorry go ahead John. i was gonna say i think her character is is really necessary in no more than simply that she actually she is very charismatic on screen and, and brings a lot of personality her character because we've got the stoic kind of like brooding um batman who is you know very very dour and like you know vengeance vengeance and the riddler's like psychotic so like she she adds that balance i think in terms of like she's playful but you know um so willing to kind of cross the line um but is, is she that playful though uh, what does she do that's so like i guess so playful i think her demeanor with batman even calling him vengeance as a joke i think definitely adds to kind of like the the kind of like she takes it a bit less serious than everyone else in the film kind of thing yeah and she says oh the bat and the cat mm. um but okay so Sorry, Obi, you were going to say something. No, I was going to um, pretty much kind of say what you said. I think also as well, I think um, there are points in the film where like she, I think her character is necessary, even like going into the club and putting the eye things in her eye and kind of like she does help him, help Bruce to get um, information about who the rat is and stuff like that, and, like uh, trying to like seduce the DA, um, which I think is, is interesting. I, I like how even her and... Um, her and Batman are kind of having that conversation as well, where he's kind of, I think he kind of, Batman kind of alludes to like doing things the right way and like a wrong way kind of thing. And she kind of like basically alludes to the fact, oh, you definitely grew up rich kind of thing. Um, mm. And it kind of just shows that like, even though Bruce Wayne kind of like he's, is, he lives in Gotham, like he, he has been there his whole life. He kind of sees like the bullshit that's going on, but he hasn't truly really experienced it. And we also think, like, she's also an orphan. Like, we've got to talk about the Riddler's an orphan and Batman's an orphan. Her mum was her mum was killed as well, so she was an orphan as well. So kind of that shows, like, three different... Um, three three people who came from, like, who had similar... Not similar, but, like, were put in that circumstances of, like, being an orphan and how they kind of navigated it differently in terms of, like... With her, for her, her, it's just she wants to just get money and get the fuck out of Gotham kind of thing. And she did, yeah. did that by trying to work in that club and trying to get information so she can steal the money at, at any given point in time. So that was kind of like her her arc. And I did uh, enjoy like the the little twist of her being uh, Falcone's 
daughter as well. Um, and because I didn't really see that coming, and I don't know if that's a if that's a book comic book accurate thing. Were you going to say something, Chris? Say about that, Chris. But what what was the benefit of that though? Her being the daughter. Like what 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 impact what impact the story have? Um, well, it meant the... that like her mother was killed by her father, um, and that actually I, I mean and I took it as like she could have grown up similar to Batman, like she she could have grown up rich, but he her father was a piece of shit, and you know um, gave her that like extra. It, it showed you that the fact that she was willing to kill him. Um, yeah, I think showed a lot about her character. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm really interested. What's your thoughts on the Riddler, Chris? See, it's a tricky one for me because, like, obviously, uh, as as I mean, Ivy sent me a photo earlier in a week of what the Riddler, like, Jim Carrey, like, and uh, obviously, obviously, that's not practical in uh, today's society anyway. Let alone be. Let alone being a criminal, and let alone uh, navigating his way through this Gotham of uh, Dark and Dreary Gotham. It's all fun. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting look they went for. Um, I, I don't know if I necessarily like the costume design of the Riddler in this film. Does it make sense that he covered his face 100%? Uh, well, not actually, no, not really, actually, because he just kills everyone, so... Unless he gets caught, it doesn't really make any sense. But I, um, yeah, I thought it was alright. I, I feel like the Riddler did the, did the Riddler, if I'm mistaken, reveal his face before the end happened. Or am I imagining that? Um, he gets he gets caught, but in he deliberately gets caught in the diner with without his mask on. But does he show his face on camera? I don't think so. Vision of no. him doing the camera before the bomb goes off. No, he, he says he says to Batman, doesn't he? He was like, let's take ours off together, and uh, they don't. Yeah, like, he's an okay Riddler. Like, I've, I've got no... I think the guy, the actor portraying it, hit the nail on the head in the the way the film wanted to portray the Riddler. Like, he, there's no qualms with the way he did it. Is it the way I would like to have Riddler? Maybe not so. However, for the film and for the way it was done, I think the actor did really well. Um, what changes would you have made? Maybe I don't know. This this is my this is my big this is my big gripe with my own personal opinion of this film. Mm. What things could I have changed to make this film in my eyes better? Mm. And I don't know if there's like many smaller points, but maybe like I don't know. Again, like making it a bit shorter, like a bit mm. more paced at points. Um, I think like a lot of people would like the aspect of like obviously like you guys were saying like Batman's quite naive like he doesn't really know everything even though he's been doing it for years he doesn't know everything but there was like many a moments where he did stupid things like, it wasn't just like for someone who's been dubbed already one of the greatest detectives he's making really silly mistakes mm. although I thought of it after I watched the film so it might not be as much of an impactful point. The El, El Rata or La Rata, whatever. You would have thought that he might have just put it into the computer. And I'm assuming it would have corrected what he's saying. Like from El Rata to La Rata. Mm. 
I, I like that he makes that he makes mistakes though, and he gets he he did get a bit ahead of himself. I think that's kind of like a natural um, thing that does happen sometimes. Like we we don't all sometimes when we get ahead of ourselves. We don't always think through what, what we're doing, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, does it does it any? Maybe I'm maybe I missed it. I don't know. Maybe I just didn't pay attention to the point of when it was said. But I know we know it's year two, Batman. But does it say anywhere that he he is? He says um, at, in his opening monologue at the beginning of the film, he's like two years on the streets, da 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 da, da something like that. He mentions, oh, yeah. he, he mentions two years. His di- his diary also says year two in the front cover. Mm. Fair enough. But like um, like there's three, no four, three. Like, I'll pick this out in any film. I did it for Black Widow. Is the one I can remember. There's like at least three moments he should have died. Mm. Uh, and obviously. You've got to have the sense of disbelief, obviously, because it's a superhero film. But, like, I think, what was it? Um, when the bomb basically goes off in his face and he has no real damage to himself, like, not even, like, a limp, not even a cut, <laughs> nothing. Like, mm. I know he guards his face with his arm, but that is a point-blank bomb mm. just going off at him. I think I would have yeah. been more, like, accepting of that moment if the Ridder have kind of tricked him like obviously, in the scene we saw it, what I'm about to say wouldn't have worked. But in terms of if the Batman had gone somewhere, seen the guy strapped to a bomb, and then the Riddler's like getting him to come closer to talk, and then suddenly there's a bomb behind him, that in my mind would be more acceptable to happen. But like he's literally going closer, he knows the bomb's about to go off, and obviously the first like he he good reaction to like put his arm in front of his face, but he has like basically just get, I mean he gets knocked out, but like there's no real damage to him. Mm. And then what's the other one? Uh, obviously, when he falls, from, when he flies off the building, and for some bizarre reason decides to do the parachute, at the t- like that timing was terrible. And then like basically <laughs> flatter himself uh, into the floor. Um, but yeah. the things like quickly as well, like I think that kind of like lends itself to the fact that he probably hasn't done that before. Yeah, <laughs> and he was, like still yeah. trying out kind of thing. Maybe that does, but like I feel like he should have had a bit more injury to it. Mm. Um, and in the third one, I feel like there was another moment, but I'll just go for these. I get he's bulletproof, but there is literally a scene where he gets shot po- uh, point blank range, but with a shotgun. Mm. Like, mm. like, and absolutely nothing is like he's fine. So, for, like, yeah. So, like, this is where I feel like some aspects of him, obviously, being experienced and having technology, and then there's others that he's not. I just don't. I feel like there's like. There's a point where it hasn't. Whoever's done this, the ideas behind this haven't really thought of the perfect moment in time for like the suit he has to where his experience lies. But like, it's just again, it's just me picking points. I just, I just think generally it's just not my kind of film. Maybe I, I think I do like detective films and like films where they get clues and stuff. But I just, for me, this time around, it just didn't hit for me. And I feel like I can just pick points anywhere and everywhere. Obviously, that's the point of the debate and having a podcast, but like, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I think I think that's fair. I mean, particularly the shotgun one. I was like, how the fuck has this guy survived? Um, <laughs> you know, um, I thought it was cool. Like, the, he then had to bring out the whole um, uh, adrenaline thing. But again, I was kind of like, oh, you've kind of found a little bit of inner strength from, from nowhere. And, and he's not like a, a, a kind of bulky guy like you said before so i was like mm, you should be coughing up some blood 
Um, but on 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 the Riddler, um, I've not seen. Is it Batman and Robin where Jim Carrey's Riddler is? I think in? so. I've not seen that, yeah. but, but I've seen the cat the picture of the character, and he looks like a fucking joke. Yeah. Um, so I really like the fact that like I was, I was like, how are they going to do the Riddler? Because um, that's the only frame of reference I have for this character, um, and they really made him like gritty and dark and and the costume because it looked so handmade um it looked really like rough around the edges i think that added to like the to me the creepiness of it um yeah. i was definitely getting strong horror vibes from quite a lot of this film um mm. which i think really aided as to why i liked it so much i've already mentioned the beginning where um the light turns off and he's behind him and mm. and it turns back on you're like shit um there's elements i mean when when the da gets the collar around his neck i was like that could be in a saw film literally um, and and i really liked that this film was very very violent without showing that much violence mm. um and i think that's with credit as well um i thought paul dano was terrific as as the Riddler I think he's a great actor anyway um to the point where in my mind I was like if Heath Ledger got a nomination for the Joker I was like uh, you know mm. particularly in this year's Oscars yeah fair I think he would he would, you know if he was nominated for a big award I would not begrudge him that I thought there was, there was at least two occasions. I can't remember where the first one was, but the, the second one um, was when he's in Arkham and uh, it's not going the way that he wants. And he yeah. kind of just gets really like... I was going to mention this. He's yeah. like unable to control himself and he kind of gets screechy and he's mm. like rocking back and forth. And I was like, mm. that sort of... That's fucking acting, mate. That is so good. And I was really impressed with that. And again, I think it nicely balances... Um, Robert Patterson's performance where he's very restrained mm. everything's always full I felt like with Robert Patterson his his performance was always like he was on the edge of like doing something similar but just knew he had to rein in and like internalise it um, mm. but yeah I thought the Riddler was was really in, um, a really fascinating character particularly mm. when it's revealed that he kind of saw Batman as like a kin um you know they they kind of had similar values, uh, and the fact that for pretty much the entire part, the Riddler won. <laughs> I was going to mention this. Yeah, Batman loses. Apart, yeah, <laughs> apart from real. apart from Bruce Wayne, he kills all the other victims he wants to. He unmasks the corruption, mm. um, and ends up blowing up the sea walls and flooding yeah. it. So he caused the anarchy that he wanted to. He, yeah. you know, and I really like that about the the film as a whole as well. Like. Batman doesn't win, like you said. Um, in fact, all he's done is create a new mob boss in the Penguin. Um, you know, put the Riddler... Well, I mean, he didn't even really put the Riddler into Arkham. The Riddler put himself into Arkham. Yeah. So this was very much a flawed Batman, and I really, really liked that. Um, and I guess... Did you yeah. did you feel like the Riddler meant to put himself in Arkham, though? Yeah, definitely. Meant yeah. Or do you think he got cocky and thought that he wasn't going to get caught? No. I think he didn't. No, because, yeah, it was all orchestrated. Because when he saw Batman, he said, oh, I told you I'd see you in hell. 
Um, it was all very <laughs> deliberate. Good yeah, so like, he if he didn't want to, he wouldn't have got caught in um, the diner. He was actually trying to get Batman to kind of find out where he was. Um, and also, without them finding his apartment where he shot um, Falcone, they wouldn't have found the map where all of the seawall bombs were. So he want, he wanted them to kind of just be that step behind where he was in terms of his plan. Um, yeah, so I think it was very deliberate. Um, and obviously he's made a new mate now in Arkham. So that's, that's one of I, my negatives. I don't at all. Yeah, I don't like it either. Go on, talk us through it, Obi. Um, so yeah, it's stuck towards the end of the film and the Riddler kind of like realising that like kind of his, his plan's not fully working. So he's kind of like spazzing out and um, a voice kind of like starts talking to him and mentions something about a clown and says like, do you want, do you want a new friend and da 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 da. And um, it, like from like, as soon as the guy started talking, it was pretty obvious that it was going to be the Joker. And um, the two of them just kind of like bond, I guess, and start like laughing together. And I thought it was really, really bad. That's like my main negative of the film. I didn't enjoy that scene at all. And if you're going to do that, I think make that post credit scene. I think. Yeah, I was shocked that I wasn't a post credit scene because mm. I'd and, kind yeah. of already seen that that was going to happen. Um, and when it happened, I was like, oh, there must be another scene of them like during the middle. But no. But actually, it's not the Joker Obi because in the credits, it's unseen Arkham Prisoner. So. Um, uh, wait, so it's Barry. Um, what's his name? Barry Keown. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Who's really, I, I think he's actually a really good actor. So I hope that he can um you know be good as a joker. Um but also I think Christian I think Chris you might be saying this as well. Like I think we are I wish they picked a different a different villain um and we could kind of maybe steer clear of the Joker for at least like a little bit, maybe bring him in for a third film. But I would have preferred if they kind of like went because we already got like obviously Heath Ledger is that guy and then you've got we had, uh, what's his name, Jared Leto has done it, Joaquin Phoenix has done it, and now we're going to have Barry Keown doing it. Um, but I kind of wish that maybe he'd been someone else, or maybe they'd bring him in at, at a later date. I don't think that's unfair. Chris, did you, have you got strong opinions on that? Yeah, I 100% agree. I feel like, obviously, like when you think of Batman villains, there's only, like I would say, 10 that people can probably pick off their head. Uh, Ten's quite a lot. Huh? Ten's quite a lot. Yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. Actually, let me rewind. If you could pick off the top of your head, how many how many main Batman villains would you set? Would you could you name? Do you reckon? Mm, probably like five. Bane, um, Joker, Riddler, Mister Freeze, Poison Ivy. She count Harley Quinn, Joker, Penguin, Penguin. Yeah. Scarecrow. Scarecrow. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. That's quite a lot. Yeah. But like, and then you got Razal Ghul. Like, yeah. There's like, there's only like a cycle of like eight of them that you can use. But like, there's some of them that we haven't really seen. Mm. Like, I feel like there's other villains that they could have brought in. Like, what we don't need to always go to the Joker as like a a way of like leading us to one more. Yeah, uh, I agree. But yeah. yeah, I mean, and then he could, I mean. I've heard rumours that there's going to be like a Court of Owls kind of vibe film for the next one, which I know a little bit about, but it's just a, yeah. I don't what know is, what it is, but it sounds yeah. cool as shit. 
What is it then? I, I have done, I no idea what it could be. Uh, I, I'm not really clued up. It's more, I think it's like this uh, society, like this wealthy society of people who... Uh, so I'm uh, literally looking up on Wikipedia. I don't know if you want me to read the Wikipedia. Okay. Explanation of it's not going to be very good. I've seen it a few times in like comics and um, and then uh, the animated series and stuff. I think it's just like a society of wealthy people who uh, want to recruit uh, Bruce Wayne into the the fold, and they want to just they just do shady things behind the scenes and shit like that. Basically, mm. sounds pretty cool to be fair. From the Illuminati, yeah, I guess so. Um, <laughs> Any any comment, but no doubt they knows better than what I've just said. Apologies, but yeah. well, so, well, so I'm just going on by Wikipedia. It says the Court of Owls is an organised crime group and secret society made up of wealthy Gothamites, um, in common association with superior Batman. Um, they kidnap child performers from the circus and transform, train them, and transform them into assassins known as Talon, which to me sounds kind of cool. Isn't that isn't Robin a, a circus performer? He is. Dick Grayson, yeah. See, I would have lead more as Dick Grayson if that looked uh, leading for um, Bruce's son. Um, Damien Wayne. Damien Wayne, yes. Mm. Yeah, I feel like we'd probably be. I feel like yeah, we're too early in in this Batman's journey to have a Robin and. Mm-hmm the joker unless unless the joker is like they've kind of come up together and they're always like you know frenemies in that sense um i don't know it'd be interesting to see what they do with that character and actually what they do with with this kind of the franchise of characters that they've introduced in this film um because they were going to do a gotham pd spin-off on hbo max but that Mm. kind of now evolved into an arkham uh, asylum show which, oh i heard there's a penguin show that's going to come out yeah yeah i heard that as well um Christ. yeah i don't know i don't know if i'd necessarily want to see like a penguin show um i was saying this to chris but yeah i've had the same thought about peacemaker as well so and i really enjoyed that so i'm keeping an open mind that's true, true. That's... Well, like, quite light-hearted though so like there's a lot of comedy to it so mm. even if the the storyline's not 100%, although I think they're fairly decent. You could probably get the comic fat comedy out of it. They go too mob, mob factor and people don't like it, then they kind of can't, I feel like kind of can't steer to comedy for this one because there's no real comedy throughout the whole of this. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think we necessarily need to have comedy in it for it to be... Mm, fair enough. Yeah, it to be good. Um, so is it... In- in the whole kind of DC mm, film franchise, is this going to start a new swathe of films based on the Batman characters? Um, are we going to get a Joker 2, which is completely different? Are, you know, are we going to get a Batman in... Well, we are getting a Batman in Flashpoint. We're also getting a Batman in the Batgirl series. Is, is, are we just getting too much? We are getting a lot of Batman. Um, and I think... Disney, um, Disney, DC have um, have rinsed Batman as much, even like with the animated films as well. Like they rinse Batman, and to be fair, I get it because he is the most popular character by a massive margin. Um, but yeah, it 
I think it would be nice for them to tell some other stories. But at the same time, if they bring out more Batman shit, I'm going to watch it. So I guess I'm a problem. Mm. Well, I guess on the subject of other stories, the uh, second post-credits scene of the Batman is... Can I... Sorry, Glenn, before you go on to that, can I just quickly talk about a few things, uh, a couple more things about the film? That yeah, I of course. liked and didn't like. Um, so I quite like um, that... I feel like you can't really spoil this film. I feel like there's not really much you could say that's like, oh, that's a massive spoiler. I don't know if you guys agree. <laughs> um, and I quite like that that aspect of it. Like, I just think, because it's like, for me, it's like a really like well-told story, but it's it's not reliant on shock factor, I don't think, not really anyway, um, or anything like being like, I don't think there's like ma- any like major twist that like come out of left field kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I quite enjoyed that aspect of it. I don't know if either of you agree. Yeah, I do agree with that. Um, um, sorry, go on. I was going to say the only thing would be the, the Joker thing, really, but I think yeah. everyone kind of spoiled that anyway. <laughs> yeah. Did you, so you knew about that beforehand? Yeah, so I'd seen ages ago someone saying that Barry Keown was cast as the Joker in this film, oh. and then I also kept seeing things like, oh, well, you know, when Redacted shows up at the end in Arkham <laughs> and talks to the Riddler, I'm like, well, who, we fucking know that's going to be, don't we, you prick? Um, so, uh, again, Chris? I literally heard nothing about this film. No, neither did I. Yeah. Which yeah. But, I was hoping be, would be influenced to me liking it more, but mm. didn't quite well, work. Open. I, I mean, to kind of support your point, Obi, the fact that like I saw this four days after you guys, mm. um, and I was on social media like, mm. in those four days. The, the Joker thing, which I kind of already knew anyway, was the only thing that was really kind of revealed. Yeah. Because um, like I said, yeah, there wasn't really anything particular um, that, you know, like no major cameos, no massive twists or plot points. It was, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was your other point? Um, so I've got a few more, if you if you will indulge me for a few minutes. Um so I, I really like the funeral scene. I know um, I actually agree with Chris about the um, the bomb and how kind of like you know it's, it's super unrealistic. But I enjoyed like the kind of like intensity of it. I enjoyed the start of it when obviously Bruce kind of like comes out of his car and everyone's like, oh my god, Bruce Wayne! I haven't seen you in you know donkey years. And then um, he like he like enters into the church, but at the same time like he's always like scanning. He's always thinking like, what is like what's happening right now i need to know what's going on like every corner of the room and obviously he kind of like hears the the car and all that coming before anyone else manages to protect the the son of them uh of the mayor um and i really like enjoyed that aspect of it and how even like later when you get the da who i think actually i don't know is it uh bill skarsgård is that the guy who plays him what's not next up bill it's peter peter are they related no <laughs> oh. um, he's the only one that isn't the rest of them are <laughs> um but yeah i thought he i like i really liked him you know who's only in maybe like two scenes i really liked his character and because he kind of just seemed like someone who like a bit of like a, a i don't know he just seemed kind of like he meant well but he also kind of just you know accepted a bribe here or there you know you kind of you fucked up and it happened um <laughs> and then obviously i, I think i thought the scene with him uh, and the bomb around his neck and stuff was like really tense and Batman yeah. kind of like trying to like to figure it out kind of thing and 
even like uh, Riddler on the phone to him, kind of like doing the riddles. And Batman's like, yeah, yeah, it's justice. Like, move, let's go. What's the next bit of it? Kind of thing. Trying to help him, obviously, to the point where he just fucking explodes him. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that In scene. that scene, just, to, just while I think of it, I don't know if you noticed, but there's quite a long time between when Bruce Wayne leaves the church and to when Batman shows up, mm. which is kind of realistic because he has to go home, change yeah. and come back. Whereas yeah. normally it's like straight away, he's mm. like rips off his clothes and he's got Batman suit on. But I just really liked that little touch because mm. you see like there's clearly been time elapsed because uh, the DA is, is sitting there for like ages in his different position and, you mm. know, so yeah, I think that's just a nice little touch that he clearly had to go home and change. Yeah, I think that was jokes. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed that scene. It's probably one of my favourite scenes in the film. Um, I also really enjoyed the car chase scene, which I feel like we haven't mentioned yet, and I feel like was quite a big in terms of like from maybe an action standpoint, it's probably one of the bigger set pieces of the film. Um, and they said they did it all like practically and stuff, which I think was really cool. Um, but yeah, I thought that maybe he revved the back car for a bit too long before he actually decided to fucking drive off. But um, the actual chase in itself and yeah, like the bit that they show in the trailer of like the cop, even though Peng- Chris, we can you can add this to the unre- unrealistic things because Penguin should have been dead. Oh my days, that car rolled over so many <laughs> times. He should have been fucking flattened. But <laughs> um, but yeah, I really enjoyed that scene. And him I totally forgot out. about that. You're yeah, <laughs> him like walking out of the fire and he's like upside down, and he just fucking like leaned down and stares into the car. And that's when it gave me like the proper supervillain vibes. I was like, fucking hell, Batman, to other people, Batman would seem like a fucking villain. Like, Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really, I thought that was really cool. Um, I really, I've already said this, but the prison scene between him and Riddler I thought was really cool. Obviously, like, that was kind of like, did, uh, maybe reminded me of kind of like the, those crime shows like maybe even like a criminal minds or ncis that kind of thing where you come like face to face with um this serial killer and that you see like how even more they even more twisted than you kind of thought and then he started seeing his ave maria and i was like this guy's fucked up (laughs) (laughs) i thought that was i I actually actually laughed at that bit i probably wasn't supposed to laugh but i found it quite funny Um, it was also it also evoked the scene in the dark knight with the joker yes yeah yeah agreed Agreed. Um, and uh, what else? I thought that the scene where he's like racing home to warn Alfred about the bomb um, was again really tense. And um, I really enjoyed how like he kind of like on the phone to the maid or whatever, and he's like, "Yeah, like something ter- something terrible terrible is about to happen." And she's like, "Something already has," and he realized that he was too late, kind of thing. And he was like an hour late or however much however long it was, um, and. I only wish that they had had the guts to kill off Alfred in that moment. Um, mm. If you were going to have him be in that like, in that kind of moment, in that danger, if they had the balls to kill off Alfred, I think that would have been really, really powerful. And you kind of realise, oh shit, I was horrible to him, and he actually was basically like my dad, kind of thing. Yeah, because because essentially, if if even if that was Bruce Wayne holding it, he probably wouldn't have died. Yeah. So the Riddler kind of failed in that regard. Yeah. Um. Agreed. Agreed. Um, These Gotham bombs are just shit. Well, this is the thing, and I actually quite like this. I think an element of it is that I think the this all all this stuff is like homemade. Like I don't think he doesn't have like a manufacturer. Like he he's not like a super genius. It's a lot of stuff where like I think he is just kind of like, and you even see like when they go to raid the Riddler's apartment, like prototypes of stuff that 
um, the, so like these contraptions that he's been using. Like I think it is like him just making this, like, literally making this stuff at home, and like even combine that with um, when he, they've got the video of him like streaming and stuff, and he's saying, "Oh, thanks for the support, guys." Da, da, da. In like the chat, people were saying, "Oh yeah, guys, we can get um, the the mask and the coat from this shop here." Da, 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 da. It's all very, very low level, very, very homemade, and it eerily like kind of like this could happen in real life people could just gather and like plot like we're gonna buy all this from this shop and we're all gonna look the same and we're all gonna start fucking shooting you know wealthy gotham people and stuff like that um but yeah i really enjoyed that as well that you brought up um yeah there's definitely a, a very grounded mm, element to this um, for sure which, yeah. um if you indulge me for couple more minutes i've just got a couple more things i wanted to get off my uh, get off my chest yeah of course of course we'll discuss it all <laughs> um i really enjoyed the scene in obviously it is silly um chris was saying earlier i think it was silly that no one tried to pull off his helmet i make the assumption when batman gets knocked out by the bomb i make the assumption that um jim gordon was like protecting him in that sense kind of like saying like like no one touch him no one touch him kind of thing which they kind of show a little bit just as batman's waking up um and I enjoy that scene where him and Jim, uh, Jim's like, like, give us a minute kind of thing. And then he's like, trying to sound like, it's like, it's probably like what you, I think you do that in like a sitcom where like, he's trying to make it sound like he's like really angry, but he's actually saying, yeah, you need to get the fuck out of here kind of thing. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, punch me in the face. And he fucking wallops him around the face <laughs> and just fucking bolts out the door. I thought that was, uh, I think, again, I find that so funny, but I think I wasn't supposed to find it funny. Do you not? Do you, uh, that's one thing about the film I would like to have probably seen a bit more of. I wanted to know, like, their 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 friendship or their their relationship. Just like, obviously, it's the first film, but like their friendship's quite a nothing. Like, I want to. I would like to have known why, unless I missed this part, why Jim is so invested or is so um, trusting of Batman. Yeah, I think vengeance. Like you say, like you say, um, they don't really show it, but I kind of like take it from maybe previous iterations of the character, that being the Dark Knight, Gary Oldman, his Jim Gordon. He kind of like believes in Batman as like a beacon to kind of help save Gotham. And Batman trusts Jim Gordon because he's one of the few police officers that's not corrupt in the whole department yeah, kind of thing. But, but I swear Jim Gordon isn't didn't know about the corruption until Batman mentioned it. I think everyone knows about the corruption in Gotham. I I took it that Jim didn't. Um, See, that's that's but, that, that's where I feel that's where I feel like some parts of this is disjointed, like where some things start and some things end, and then like the information we get in the middle. But I I don't think I don't think that stops because Batman knows that it's corrupt. So and he trusts Jim Gordon because he's not corrupt. That doesn't mean that that doesn't have anything to do with Jim knowing about but the corruption. Regardless, regardless of that factor, I, I would have still liked to have known why Jim is so entrusting of Batman. Yeah. I mean, I, if you, I, you think Gotham's so corrupt, then a, a strange vigilante dressed up is going to probably get your blinkers on thinking, oh, is he good? Is he bad? Is he fooling me? Because if every cop around him, if you think every cop around you could be a... Uh, to, uh, I don't know even what the word is. I'm so tired, I can't think of it. Um... Well, anyway, just move on, move on. It's fine. I think, I think, I think there's an assumption that like Batman has clearly helped out on something before, and mm. um, that's where it's kind of built from. But yeah, I mean, there is a a big leap 
there on the audience's part having to just fill in those gaps and mm. I think there's I was a bit like oh I'd have liked to have seen you know when he became Batman and all these like little kind of minor origin things but to be honest like they can just be explained in like a couple of pieces of dialogue really mm. um and yeah I mean maybe we'll explore it in the second film or another film they'll talk about you know when he comes becomes commissioner they'll be like oh do you remember our first meeting you know that sort of thing you can you can do it that way mm. um yeah no i see what you guys are saying to yeah. i feel um, I, I feel like one part of the film actually no you finished you, you finished what you're saying no, go, ahead, go ahead chris go ahead well no I, was, I think i said it to you again like the what was the word he kept the the, the, the rest uh renewal renewal that part like i didn't really pay too much attention to what was being said but i feel like it was it at times was confusing what what was actually like what had happened to the to the money the renewal money or like what was like almost like what was riddler's like end goal i feel like it was explained at the end more or less but like i feel like the whole renewal money like, i'm assuming it's money invested into the city and then it wasn't really divulged out to city and then the mafia or the mobs got hold of the money basically yeah, the so gist of it I, I feel like then that to me needed more explanation at points for that unless again unless i miss points because of my lack of i think falcone is it falcone what someone says kind of like what the the deal is with the money and like how I don't know, Glenn, you're probably about to say this, but I shall yeah. so. so from what I remember, um, essentially when Thomas Wayne was running for mayor, he had ring fenced a billion dollars to invest into the city. Um, and you know, the renewal fund literally to renew Gotham back onto its feet. Um, but when he was killed, uh that money kind of sat in limbo, and because Falcone had kind of some influence over um uh, thomas wayne he like there was like a grab for all that money and so like falcone used it to like pay off the cops and you know kind of get that influence and so therefore the renewal money was actually not being used as intended it was actually used to fuel corruption within the city even further um so like all of these you know the mayoral campaign was like Oh, do more renewal because they were having access to this billion dollar fund, um, which was yeah, essentially kind of mob money now. Mm. But yeah, it wasn't explained until the very end. And I, I was at points where I was like, what is this renewal and, and why is it so detrimental? But I think what the Riddler's beef was with it was, is that he was in an orphanage at the time, which would have benefited from the renewal fund. Mm. And because it didn't, um, his life was impacted. Yeah, that's what that's why took from it as well. Um, but yeah, they do only. I think it's. I don't know who explains it. Is one character? Is it maybe it's Alfred who says it? But someone does like do a bit of exposition toward the end of the film to kind of like explain about where where that money is sitting, kind of thing. Um. I just have some more things to go through. Um, I really enjoyed the scene with Catwoman in the club, where it was Bruce like in her ear and stuff. Like that felt very like um, uh, like a you know when a when a policeman gets like a um like a criminal informant or something like that kind of thing, 
or confidential informant, mm. sorry. Um, I quite like that aspect of it. And she was kind of like, this is a woman who like clearly throughout the film is someone who just kind of wanted to steal some money and fuck off kind of thing. And she's been like roped into this thing because she wants to avenge her friend's killer. And you can see like even like, how nervous she was, uh, which I think was interesting compared to like how confident she was throughout the rest of the film kind of thing. Um, but when she was put in this unfamiliar situation, you see like the kind of more nervous side to her, which I thought was portrayed really well. Um, and even when she comes out of uh, out of the club and she's just in a hurry to get the fuck out of there kind of thing, calling a taxi and stuff. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed, really enjoyed that scene too. Um, last of my pros is that I think the action, like I don't think there's much in the way of like hand-to-hand uh, combat in this film or like lower level action scenes but I think what the ones that we got I think were really good and I think they were they were filmed really well one of my problems with um, Batman Begins and The Dark Knight is I think that the action scenes aren't filmed very well they're like really quickly cut and shot and, and like got lots of going back and forth you can't really see too much of what Batman is doing at that time which I feel like with these scenes it was a lot more clearer and I think that does have something to do with the suit because I think the suit in the Dark Knight trilogy looks a bit stiffer and a bit more uncomfortable. And I think this one, it looks like he's able to move a bit freer. So maybe like the stunts are a bit easier to film, um, which I, I just really enjoyed. And I think it was uh, it was interesting kind of seeing Batman, um, how he attempted to fight like these lower level, lower level goons kind of thing, presumably without any like training from like Ra's al Ghul. It's just like a Alfred training him kind of like how to fight from whatever Alfred's learned. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I like this slander if Batman begins, mate. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to have a bone to pick with you soon. If you keep go for it, mate. I'm I'm all ready for a debate, and I think because I haven't done. I was gonna do an Instagram post. I completely forgot. But like, I I objectively think that Batman Begins. I think the Dark Knight trilogy, the Dark Knight Rises, isn't great. But I think I was previously a bit harsh on Batman Begins. Actually, I kind of previously said it was like it was really boring. But watching it, like, it's a good film, and I do. I think they are good films. I enjoy them. I just don't uh, rate them as highly as um, everybody else does. But they are objectively good films. Okay, I'll, t- I'll take that then. I'll take that, I'll take that. Yeah, um, I need to re-watch it again because I've seen it two or three times and, and I don't have a very high opinion of it, but I don't really know why. Mm. So. It doesn't move me. It, it really, like, those films just don't move me. And I can't, again, I like you, I can't figure out why. Like, I'm just not attached to them in any way. In any way. And I, I maybe I'm just not a really, like, a, a, I'm not a big batman guy but why why, why are you attached to, are you attached to anything in this film then not necessarily no and i don't <laughs> think and i said i don't think this i don't think these films are necessarily better than the, the films in the dark Knight trilogy okay fair enough yeah but i do enjoy them um okay. and i think it, and I, I enjoyed it. i think it's a good film same way i enjoy batman begins i think they're good films i just don't love them oh fair i don't enough. love those okay. films. yeah fair enough um yeah um just a couple of cons as well and then i'm and i'm going, done guys sorry um, I think we should have gotten more, like maybe a couple more, more intimate scenes between Batman and Catwoman um, before they kissed for the first time. Or if they were going to kiss, make that kiss they have at the end the first kiss they have. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Because um, I kind of felt that it was a bit when they when she first kissed him, I thought it was a, felt a bit rushed. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
not that I, did, I didn't hate it, like I thought it was fine, but I just thought maybe this could have done with maybe maybe one more scene between two of you where you're kind of getting a bit closer kind of thing. I didn't necessarily something. see that as like a sexual kiss though. I think it was more like a playful, like that's her personality. She's like okay. flirtatious and stuff. But yeah, I mean, regardless, I think your point is valid. Was, mm. you know. Um the I think that this is one thing that I think annoyed not annoyed me, but I feel like they could have done better with. So Bruce goes to yeah, it's Bruce. He goes to the club, back to the club to talk to Falcone. I think I think it's Falcone, and he basically says Falcone says your dad was corrupt. He asked me to take care of this person, and I did that for him. Like he, your dad wasn't the big the man that you thought he was, basically. And that sits with Bruce for, and you well, you'd hope that it sits with Bruce, kind of thinking like, oh, have I got this all wrong? Like my dad was like one of my inspirations, da 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 da, and he actually turned out to be this guy who was corrupt, just like everybody else. I think it's the very next scene. He's in the hospital with Alfred. Alfred wakes up from his coma and he says, oh, why did you lie to me? My dad was doing da-da-da-da. And Alfred says, no, actually, your dad was a really good guy. Things just got out of hand. Blah, 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 blah. He did this, 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 this. And it's all reconciled within the space of about five minutes. I think I would prefer that if they let that sit with Bruce for, for at least a few minutes and have him think, oh, like, why am I? Yeah. Actually, why am I being Batman? Like, my dad, who, who I thought was this great man, actually wasn't. And let that, maybe have a couple more scenes in between that where he's kind of like uh, questioning his identity and then have Alfred set him straight, I think. Yeah, I think maybe they should have had that scene a bit earlier on. Mm. That could like play on his mind while he's doing other things, maybe. Mm. Um, but I, I agree with you on that. I feel like that was very, very brushed over very yeah. far. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And also, uh, I really like this Batsuit. It's one of my favourites. That's it. That's all I've got to say. Any uh, final thoughts on this before we talk about the two post-credit scenes, Chris? Um, yeah, uh, I think I've been very critical of this film and I haven't really given much to the positive side, but I think it was a decent film. Like I gave it a six, so it's not um, maybe a 6.5, but it's not a bad, it's not a terrible film in my eyes, but it's just, just not one I got on board, not didn't, didn't just didn't just wasn't feeling it. I don't feel. Um, I feel for me the film was a bit too dark at times. I think I think it needed a bit more character in some of the scenes. Um, but I feel like obviously the darkness ties in quite well with how you guys perceive the film, don't you? So um, so maybe that was just me. Um, can you, can you run through, so you, you said that you've got like a, a friend who, who gave it a one out of ten and, and, and someone else gave it a three. Can you just like run through what they okay. really, um, really hated about this film? So I think they said, what was the reason behind Red Hot Chili Peppers and the Varner music? Um, so I, I don't, so I'm essentially, I don't think they particularly like the score. Um, I think they, they, I think they, they have the opinion that you needed to like know more about Year Two Batman to really like feel the way he was feeling at the top of the like oh, like the scene I'd give you is the top of the building where he's like panicked and like obviously you might disagree with that because obviously it's Year Two so you should know he's a bit naive but um. Yeah, and then that, that that then led to them feeling like this wasn't really Batman. Um, 
uh, a lot of ang- I feel like they had a little bit of ambiguity like on some facts related to the film so I feel like obviously me asking like saying about the I keep forgetting the bloody R word but like renewal renewal sorry I don't know why I keep forgetting that for God's sake but uh, the renewal and like um, like the origin of Batman and what's happened up until this point kind of vibe um, yeah I just think just didn't like it and then I think there was just like a mountain of things that just added on top and I think I think like for some people like the Batman that everyone's grown up with isn't the Batman we just saw and therefore it's quite hard to like this Batman if that makes sense Mm. and then from that if you don't like if you don't like any aspect of this Batman it's therefore quite hard to like the film itself I would Mm. say Mm. I, I was going to say, like, I completely understand that that viewpoint, kind of for him being different to... I think that's kind of, like, just to bring it to, like, Batman v Superman, like, people saw that Batman, the Batman who was fed up and was killing, and they're like, oh, this isn't the Batman that I'm used to seeing. I don't like this. Um, but also, I think that if you do try and make it more like a Batman we have seen before, you'd probably... Uh, you probably see a lot of people criticising it for saying, oh, this is something we've already seen before, just not as good or something like that kind of thing. Yeah, so it's I kind mean, of like a hard situation for you to I be in. Those, when yeah. I get those points, but to give it a one... Like, yeah, a one is a film I, that's basically I like unwatchable. The, I feel like the one might be a bit of an exaggeration, but... That's Florida Project. Even I think three, I mean, I mean, like, we would give, like, we would give, like, even the shittest Transformers film probably a three. I gave like, them two or four, and I hated that film. And they are objectively bad films. Like, even yeah. if you didn't like this portrayal of Batman and didn't like the actor or anything like that like i don't know yeah i just think like even aside from all of that it's a well-made film but yeah do you know what fair enough everyone's opinion i mean i think i think the problem and i maybe i don't disagree with you because obviously for me and i think we discussed about this in the podcast a lot like is an average film a five out of ten it should hypothetically be a five out of ten but it's not really is it so i that's why i kind of veer myself to say and initially I went ice oh, a six, but I actually think like a six is more like on the average side. So if I go a bit six point five, I would say this is like not an average film. So that's why mm. my scoring kind of changes in my mind a little bit. But I think um I think sometimes we see it from the cine- cinematic aspect or the score aspect and that, that for that for us that enhances our experience and then Maybe for some other, and I'm just spitballing because obviously I haven't delved into this with the person too much, but like maybe that aspect, if you don't like, if you continuously don't like these aspects of a film and you have such a high expectation for a film, it then like trickles down and makes it a lot worse. Uh, Again, the one might be a bit, is, is very, very harsh, but like if you have all these negative factors on it, then it's like it's always going to go down and down and down. Like for Venom, for you, Obes, you must have known the film wasn't going to be good anyway like the second film i'm assuming it's the second film you gave before right they're both shit but yeah the second film was one yeah talking but about. you knew yeah. the first one was shit so you i mean i would automatically think oh the second film is going to be fucking dog as well mm. therefore my level of like standard is like there so for it to go worse than that it'd have to do something real catastrophically bad so someone is always like hyping batman always loving the batman and then suddenly like everything they liked about batman is gone then maybe that's why yeah i, I, I but but, I, but I do get that yeah 
Um, I think I, you know, I can similarly maybe relate it to Licorice Pizza, like in the sense that there was, it got to a point with the film where there was so much of it that I just objectively hated that no matter what else happened in the film, I was not going to like it. So I, I do get that. I think I just rate this film so highly. And, but I mean, there's, I mean, people rate Licorice Pizza very highly. So, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. So not to bash that person. But I was just very shocked. No, yeah, no, no. It's it's, just, no, it's interesting to like hear the point of view, isn't it? It's like, uh, yeah, I I think a, a one is very strong because like obviously my books a one or a zero would be the Florida Project. That was <laughs> an absolute garbage film and a waste of my life. Now, would <laughs> I say the film was a waste of my life? No. Was it a bit more? Was it a bit longer than I thought it was justified for? Yes. So I could have got maybe half an hour of my life back. However, it was it was interest. I'm always I'm always for seeing a different aspect of a like not aspect um, uh, viewpoint of a film. And I think like what, that's one of the reasons I quite like Karate Kid because we're getting the viewpoint of someone else, and like seeing their viewpoint actually kind of like makes me think, oh, this is interesting. And like the other day, I saw was it Wicked, and that's another viewpoint of like the traditional Wizard of Oz film. And like I like seeing the different aspects and different like visions of things but i guess some people just don't don't like don't like that so yeah i don't know where i was going with that i just mm. kind of went on the tangent there sorry no that's fine um i want to talk about the two post-credits scene um but i first want to ask you about uh martha being called martha arkham so i've just done a little google and she was originally given maiden name as Kane um mm. so it kind of yeah. seems like they've done a retcon here mm. I personally don't really care because I'm not invested in the comics or anything like that I think it's quite cool that Arkham Asylum is kind of named after her um, or her family but do you, either of you have any particular strong feelings on that no, I don't really. I thought it was, yeah, lucky. I thought it was a cool little twist. I was like, oh, because I, I didn't know that Arkham, I just thought Arkham, I didn't think Arkham was even be like someone's last name. I just thought that was the name of the hospital or the name of like a city in Gotham, maybe. Um, so to find out that that's kind of like presumably two like rich ish families kind of came together and blah, 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 blah. I think, yeah, it was a nice little fun aspect that they added to the film. Yeah, I, I mean, I have no issue with it. I just, that, that, that leads me on to the point there. I feel like they brushed over the the fact that his mother was uh, mentally ill quite quickly. Mm. Uh, I feel like there wasn't much depth. Like, I feel like, for as well as his father could have hidden it, I'm sure, I feel like Bruce would have seen some of it. Do you know what I mean? So, like, for him to be like, oh, shit, my mum was not okay. Like, yeah, just, yeah. It's, it was very brushed over. It was very quick. I feel like it could have been spoke about more or delved into it a little bit more but then then if we delve into everything the film would be like five hours long so i don't know yeah <laughs> exactly yeah they have to make some cuts but um yeah so there are two post-credit scenes the first is a few seconds long um it's essentially <clears throat> uh, a question mark on like a piece of, like a code so it's got like the open like crocodile sign question mark close um and then there's a flash and it says www.rataalada.com. Um, <clears throat> so encouraging you to visit that website. Um, I did on my mobile 
Um, but then it asks you to solve these riddles, which I couldn't be bothered to do. Um, so I Googled <laughs> what they were. <laughs> um, so essentially, apparently the what it changed it so the mobile version is slightly different to the your web the computer version. So the computer version you can if you follow the answer the riddles correctly, you get like a extended um clip of Thomas Wayne's speech essentially. And then it comes up with like uh, writing from the Riddler saying like hush and you know lies and all that sort of thing, which is quite cool. Um, and also uh, there's like a final riddle, um, which if you decode it, it allegedly says, "You think I'm finished, but perhaps you don't know the full truth. Every ending is a new beginning. Something is coming." So yeah, kind of suggesting there'll be a sequel um, and probably featuring the Riddler in some capacity as well. Um, so it's kind of cool, you know, gives the audiences an opportunity to do some digging if they're not as lazy like I am. Um, and then the second uh, post credit scene is kind of how No Way Home did with the Multiverse of Madness trailer. Um, they gave us a little uh, snapshot of what's coming DC in 2022. So there was a small clip of Black Adam. Um, you see Dwayne Johnson in the suit. Pierce Brosnan is in it. Um, there was some clips from Shazam 2, I think. Oh, was um, it clips from Shazam? I haven't seen it, so I don't know. I feel like it was Shazam, or it could have been The Flash. Not really sure. But The Flash, mm. there was a small clip of The Flash where mm. um, Barry's holding, presumably, his mum's hand, and mm. there's a voiceover, and it says, if you could go, you can go to any universe you want, why did you choose, Why choose this, one? this one yeah or period in time something like that yeah. um then there's also a very short clip from aquaman uh two which is basically him underwater on a throne um oh, i wish i had space for this now i just want oh, I, I don't think we saw i don't think we saw actual shazam himself um but yeah there seems to be other i don't i don't think there was any Shazam bits in it there was that there was hawkman and there was a there was a doctor fight mm. Oh, right. okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was kind of cool. I was like, oh yeah, you know. It'll, it'll be out in a week, Obes, on 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 True. YouTube probably. So you're not going to miss it for long. Yeah. Um, another thing, I don't know if I, I read this and this was true, and I did mention it to Obi. I don't know whether you can confirm whether it's true or not, Glenn. But I read somewhere that um, the reason Henry Carvel's face is not seen in DC films as of Justice League. It's because he signed the rights to his face away with the Netflix deal for um, Witcher. <laughs> um, well, he's definitely been in films since then, hasn't he? He was in the um, Mission Impossible film. Yeah, but he wasn't in Witcher when Mission Impossible came out. Because, like, if you if you watch. Um, Obviously in Shazam, you only see the top half, uh, bottom half, and in um, spoiler, if you if you really care, but in one of the TV series, he comes in at the end, but you don't see his face again. I kind of took those as like they were kind of maybe well the the Shazam one I think was just like jokey. Um, I think the Peacemaker one was maybe suggesting that. Um, he might not be the Superman in in the DCEU. Um, I mean, it, it could be true. Um, so 
Yeah, but he was in an Enola Holmes after he was in um, uh, The Witcher. Yeah, I mean, you know, what? Was... I just had a, I just had, I just had a thought actually. It definitely cannot be true. I just thought about it. Yeah, because it... he's due to be in um, the MCU. I'm pretty sure. Is he? Yeah. As who? Captain Britain. Oh right, that's cool. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it would have been a bit odd. Um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I read somewhere though that he was. He made a comment saying like, it's one of the things they just didn't see in the contract or something. But maybe someone was just making it up. Just thought it, it was interesting. It was an interesting rumor to dive into. Signing over the rights to your face. That's something like a Brazilian footballer would do to get a move over to Europe. Um, yes, Henry Carville is on. That Netflix owned the exclusive rights to his face. It was unfortunate contracting I missed. So did my agent. Whether, whether that's true or not, it's probably it's probably a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Probably a joke. Someone's twisted into uh, saying else. All right, fair enough then. Well, if you two watch the film again, then be sure to stay right to the end just so you see that little snapshot. And um, yeah, I mean maybe it wasn't. I, I saw it. Okay. But... I, I waited the extra bloody ten minutes, even though I didn't want oh. to be there. So. I'm sure there was Shazam, but no, I'm, I could be wrong. Cause... There, there probably, there probably was actually. There probably was. There definitely was. Uh, definitely was more Justice League members. Definitely was Flash. Definitely had. Um, uh, uh, Black Adam. To be fair, also showed clips of the Batman, so kind of a bit silly. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it did. I was, I was thinking, what the hell? I, yeah. I, I'm still not a. Per- I, I'm not a person who. Feels I, if I'm staying to the end, I don't need to see a trailer that's going to come out in a week's time. I'd rather see an end credit clip or something or nothing. But the fact that <laughs> you know what made mine worse the geezer. Was, oh gosh, obviously, the people who work there, I assume, haven't seen the film before we've seen it. But the, the guy actually, as everyone was about leaving, the guy came in and went, Everyone, there is an end credit scene. So everyone kind of like stood back and was like, Should we watch it? <laughs> oh, and a lot of people still left because they needed toilet or couldn't be bothered. But um, and it was also yeah. so. No, fair enough. Well, so we know that you gave it a six point five. Um, yeah. Obi, what would you give it? Um, I think I gave it a seven point five. Um, maybe maybe an eight, but I would like to watch it again before confirming oh, that's quite, that. Quite low, actually, considering how abusive you were about it. Mate, this is this is why this is why I'm very shocked about your rating, Glenn. This is yeah. like such a stark difference to like our normal rating scaling. But do you know what? Jack got to me when he's questioned the other week was why do I not give anything over an eight? But um, I think he said did not say over a seven. <laughs> is it a seven? <laughs> I, was well, saying, like, I was saying for you, for you, Glenn, to give a film a nine. The film must be fucking perfect. <laughs> I loved this film. <laughs> I was good. just sitting there for like all of it being like because i went into it skeptical right mm. i was i was you know you can go on our instagram page your average critics and, and read my review or hope that you two do reviews as well because i don't want it just to be my voice that's always out there but um i was kind of like i was sitting there and i was like right i was watching it and i was like what do i think of it? i think to be honest the first 10 minutes of it captured me with mm. the way that they started with the pov from the riddler and the horror vibes and all of that and I was sceptical of Robert Patterson as 
the Batman. I was skeptical of him as an as an actor, but I've you know since seen some of the stuff he's done since Twilight, and he is pushing. He's purposely choosing roles that are like, you know, um, going to push him as an actor, and I think that's massively to his credit. And I think this was a huge risk not only for Warner Brothers but also for him because the last franchise thing he was in didn't you know kind of was a bit ridiculed for. So I think. He's a very different Batman, and I think that works. Um, yeah, just, I don't know, I think I gave it a nine, I think. Is it as good as The Dark Knight? I don't know. Um, I was going to say, that's I the question really that's like, on everyone's lips, isn't it? Is I it really like The Dark Knight as well. Mm. Um, but I think they're very, you know, comparing apples and oranges, so yeah. they can both be, I, I'm pretty sure I've given The Dark Knight a nine as well, so to me they're equivalent. See, see, I obviously I said it in the chat, like, but only because I just like feel like it's up there, the one of Batman films. But if I like, I do agree, like, there's such there's such different contrasting films that if you like two different genres, that then you you might give it like the same kind of r- ranking or mm. rate. And I, I think that's also where I'm kind of getting a bit more like the current dc slate i'm like okay right you you kind of took the l on the whole shared universe thing they're mm. still kind of doing it a little bit they're gonna have multiple shared universes within one universe whatever that's fine but they're they are doing things slightly differently you've had the birds of prey you've had the suicide squad again you've had joker they're making things r-rated this i mean this was pg-13 but 15 in the uk fine um they're talking about maybe a TV MA for um, the Arkham and Penguin shows, which mm. is like 15, 18. Cool. I like that that is so different to Marvel. They're doing different things. They're having multiple versions of their characters and they are substantially different from one another. It's mm. fine. I also think it's completely valid to love Marvel, even if to an extent there's cut and paste or like you know tonally they're all quite similar and mm. blah 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 that's also absolutely fine and you know you do not need to be either one or the other um i have definitely loved a lot more marvel films than dc but i've also probably really disliked a lot of marvel films um yeah just because of the sheer volume of them so yeah um yeah just really really love this film and i will definitely watch it again probably still buy it on dvd mm. which no one does anymore but there'll be at least one copy sold um yeah but unless anyone else has got anything to quickly throw in um i want to say thank you for listening this is not quite this is a two-thirds of the length of the batman so uh, if you've watched through that um and if you stayed for the end thank you very much um you can read our reviews uh on instagram at your average critics you can listen back to our past podcasts we're on apple and spotify as your average critics and we're on twitter at yc podcast 17 and please let us know your views of the uh of mm. the film as well sorry i interrupted you before you said keep it sexy go on. yeah mate. All right, Tony, you can sorry go on <laughs> keep it sexy there you go <laughs> oh my god that was jokes i love that i love that peace <laughs>